everyone welcome back to our podcast edition this is Cece and this is Claire and today for our letter to the podcaster edition we have a guest and his name is Lewis uh, he's on call with us right now do you want to introduce yourself uh yes I'm Lewis how's everyone doing we're doing good <laughs> we're doing pretty good so Lewis is currently running for mayor of Irvine and um Lewis, why don't you talk a little bit about your campaign with us? My campaign, yes. Uh, I am happy to, and I'm also happy to talk a little bit more about myself. Uh, my campaign, well, let me talk about myself first. I am, I am 34 years old. I am Chinese-American. Uh, my parents have come uh, from China uh, and have been in the United States uh, well, I think, uh, give or take like 34 years. <laughs> wow. So I, you know, I, I, I've basically been for half of my life, I've been firmly entrenched in the San Francisco Bay area, uh, literally in San Francisco, uh, went to Lowell high school. I'm really proud of that. Uh, even though I hated it <laughs> and it was just the worst, just the worst experience I can ever imagine. Uh, but it's kind of like a, one of those battle scars things. It's like, oh, you can you can talk about it after the fact. Mm -hmm. And then I went to UC San Diego, which uh, was surprisingly much easier of a time than my time at Lowell High School. And I've been in solar, uh, I've been doing solar design, solar sales, uh, been starting a couple of businesses. I, I consider myself an entrepreneur. I have, let's see what else. Um, I am a, a YouTuber. I guess I, I've been doing uh, YouTube videos, uh, trying to launch that. And I am running for mayor because I am a, I consider myself a com uh, in community service. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, that's a little bit of uh, me explaining who I am. I see. So we can backtrack a little bit to high school. What are what were some of your interests when you were in Lowell? Gosh, sports. Sports. <laughs> yes, uh, sports, and uh, I. It was a very interesting time because high school academically just took up so much of my free time, and you know it, it, it's a. It's one of those situations, and I don't know how it is nowadays. And I never went to a, you know, I don't know what the normal high school experience is, because everyone tells me that Lowell is a very abnormal experience, just because it's so academically uh, rigorous, um, and uh, you know, it, it was like basically college prep for a public school, and. Uh, it, you know, the thing I can always remember is there's no slacking off days. If I took a, a day off and I didn't do my homework and I didn't study for a night, or if I wanted to spend a weekend, uh, you know, like a Saturday, you know, like, like right now, if I just spent a Saturday taking a nap, <laughs> it, it really sets me back. So that was kind of my situation, but I really enjoyed playing sports and that was 
like my definitely my extracurriculars and that was me having a a bunch of friends and we would just hang out in the lunchroom and then we would scarf down our you know our mac and cheese or our you know our little piece of bread that they gave us in the cafeteria we'll, we'll scarf that down and we'll run out and play football or basketball um and i also had a couple of girlfriends which was a you know obviously that was a <laughs> uh a interesting experience for any uh any teenager i see were you ever involved in any community service in um high school or like coming from like where your um, interest in community service originated uh good question you know what yes um i remember very vividly um, you know, there was a there was a volunteer like a community service requirement. I, I don't remember the details anymore, but I, I, I do remember I believe it was between my sophomore sophomore and junior year that summer. I think I needed to fulfill like, I don't know, let's say 40 hours or something, 40, 50 hours of community service. Um, I guess if that makes sense, maybe it was like a hundred hours because I remember spending at least like four or five weeks. Um, and it seemed pretty regularly. I think I went like three, four times a week to San Francisco food bank. That was the, that was the one I, I, that was the one nonprofit organization I chose to, uh, spend my time with. And, you know, it was a lot of, you know, it was an interesting experience. It was, a, it, it was basically working at a warehouse and I, you know, I thought, I didn't do any of the dangerous stuff, but I would uh, do a, a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff, move some boxes around, um, receive donations uh, as they came in and, you know, pass them out to uh, people who needed it. And, you know, that was, that was definitely my first, um, uh, my first volunteer community service experience. Was there anything specific that you took away from volunteering at your local food bank? Yeah, you know, that's also a really good question because it was the very first time where I, as a, you know, as a San Francisco native, right, uh, and, we, you know, my, my parents weren't well off by any stretch of the imagination, but they, they, they you know, I think so, the rent we were paying when I was uh, growing up, it was like around a thousand dollars. And my you know my dad did not make that much money at that time so ha having to pay a thousand dollars rent um you know he, he, it was because he chose a very good safe neighborhood um out in the sunset so it's a sunset district mm -hmm. so you know growing up in essentially it was san francisco suburbia if people know san francisco you know sunset is as suburbia as you can get in a in a fairly big metropolitan city so I never you know besides one or two homeless people that always hung around a Taco Bell on Irving Street Irving and 19th um, you know I didn't really see poverty um, growing up I was you know I guess I was sheltered or you know I guess I was, I was always so my experience at the San Francisco Food Bank was where I saw for the very first time uh, income inequality. I saw the people who were in need, you know, people were going there getting, you know, getting some food and getting some groceries. And I remember there was one experience. Uh, there was a there was a gentleman 
that would come by and he would spend a couple hours every day and he would just you know do the same thing i was doing moving boxes around you know he he, he was a, a older and bigger than me so he, he did a lot of the of the heavy lifting and the heavy machinery and you know he would work for maybe an hour or two hours and i i vividly remember seeing him uh walk away uh with you know like a a bag of rice uh, a can of beans you know uh, some oranges you know maybe some groceries so something like that it, it wasn't a lot it was just maybe a handful of food and you know i don't know the whole story but you know that just always stuck with me um for you know basically the the, the last 20 years that that image of seeing someone uh walk away with food um after a couple hours of hard labor mm-hmm. i see um how about politics when you're in high school because well now you're running for mayor of irvine was there any interest that got you into politics so for me to answer that i'm gonna have to rewind the clock uh so 2000 uh so 2001 happened in my freshman year yes mm-hmm. it was it happened in my freshman year and then uh if i have my timeline correctly uh we were initiated into the iraq war in 2003 so i believe that would put me in junior year uh because i graduated in 04 mm-hmm. and you know uh, that you know the confluence of seeing world trade towers fall you know literally in front of my eyes uh like you know like 80 percent of america you know we, all americans who were you know alive at that point um and aware of 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 cognizant of the situation and the news uh we saw the twin towers fall uh in real time and just the shock of that was just so overwhelming but then to me the shock of what our president at the time president george w bush he initiated a lot of you know without getting too wonky with getting but it was very important to kind of explain my political background mm-hmm. you know for him to come up with reasons to invade another country and you know i i i i, I watched a lot of tv i, I didn't not, actually not not so much tv it was more talk radio at that time mm-hmm. i would i would i would have talk radio on while i studied or while i was doing my homework and you know before i went to bed uh, i would i would listen to late night talk radio and sometimes i would listen to three and three four in the morning and i just heard the perspective of um from the progressive liberal democratic talk radio people um K, uh, i think it was kgo um was the was the um was the talk radio that I was listening to and it just it didn't make sense you know all, all all that just didn't make sense and I was you know I was 17 or 18 or whatever and just so much of the world didn't make sense to me and I just so, I just felt so much anger in me and I just felt so much confusion and all these all these emotions and feelings but you know I as I educated myself on every little minutia it's just the more of the world just 
the, the more I learned about the world, the more it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of got me in the, you know, until, you know, up to now, you know, uh, almost 20 years now has been at the more, the more I learned about the world, the less it made sense. I, I, does that, I does that make sense? That. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, for me and Claire too, right? Yeah. We're a younger mm-hmm. generation and with social media and the internet basically yes. embedded in our lives, we hear we're more bombarded by news than maybe you were back then. Oh, yes. We, yeah, we get Absolutely. it all the time. Mm-hmm. And like hearing every, every small thing, like um, whether it be public, like uh, national policy, foreign policy, environment, um, uh, economic policies, it does confuse me. Like, why would they do this? Or like, why would it people, I, I guess in general, just why, why do people act a certain way mm-hmm. that shape the policies that our government decides to enact? But I, I, I definitely have, get that I feeling understand of that. being... <laughs> confused by the world mm-hmm. um, well, well if, if i if i if i uh if you permit me to speak a few minutes on this mm-hmm. let me shed let me shed you know uh, you know i'm running for mayor and i'm this and this and this but basically i'm just uh, you know i love these opportunities where i just have to you know i i, I talk to everyone because to me um it don't the, the easiest, most eye-opening thing was me following Bernie Sanders. And yes, he ran for president 2016, but I've been following him for probably eight, nine years now. Uh, when he was a senator and he was on national news and he was on Bill Maher and HBO and, and, and every once in a while he'll be on CNN, MSN, NBC. Um, it, it was a revelation to me because it was all... It, it all the clarity just kind of formed so uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna say what i say and i love to hear your you know it, it, you know i love to hear your response to it um in real time it mm-hmm. all boils down to who controls the power and who controls the money so why does bernie sanders always talk about taxing corporations and billionaires well it's because they control the world Mm-hmm. They control every facet of it, and they will do everything in their power to keep it in that reality. So Iraq War, let me do some quick hits, right? Iraq War, well, it was, you know, we can say it's defense contractors. We can say it's a fight for resources. It's uh, opening up the oil fields. All of those are trillion dollars that are going to corporations and billionaires who control those corporations, Right. Um, Medicare for all. Well, you know, healthcare is a healthcare insurance is a five hundred billion dollar um, net profit. The, these corporations are netting, you know, and, and that I don't know if that's the exact figure. I, you know, it's easy to Google, but there is so much money to be made by us going falling for this old system that's been antiquated that no one else does. No, you know, no country in the world that I know of has health insurance. That what is what is health insurance? When you have health insurance, that they act, you know, Cigna and Aetna and and all these companies, they act as the middleman. 
between us, the consumers and the patients, and hospitals and doctors. They they act as the middleman and they profit handsomely from it. So it, you know, it, again, quick hits: uh, Green New Deal, climate change. Well, uh, Chevron and Exxon Mobil, they 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 dig up all this oil and they love selling it to us, right? Toyota and Ford, they 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 are part of the problem because uh, they keep using that. You know, they keep coming out with internal combustion engines, and they keep profiting handsomely from it. They don't want to shift over to to electric vehicles or or, or clean energy. Um, uh, uh, you know, we can keep talking about wars, but we've already talked about that. You know, I, to me, it's like you name any issue, and uh, the culprit is always billionaires and corporations who have who stand to profit handsomely from it. So. Right now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end my, 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 my soapbox, and I'd love to kind of, you know, let's have a discussion on that if you like. Yeah, sure. I mean, for me and like the issues that we also cover on here, like I think last week we covered things like Google, Purdue Pharma, and I mean, obviously other. I think it, we covered a health insurance. Yeah, we did. Company and I don't, cause. For me, I feel like, grow, again, growing up, our perspective is that it's been so ingrained in our lives already. Like, I can't remember a time where these corporations didn't own a huge amount of what we do. Like, we Google everything, right? Like, we buy everything from Amazon, all our cars, right? Even when you mentioned, um, like, uh, switching from uh, fossil fuel to renewable energy, and also, like, a lot of the car cars in general, right? And anything you buy requires fossil fuels, na- fossil fuel, no matter mm-hmm. what. It's impossible to go without fossil fuel, even if we use renewable energy. And, you know, our generation, and I feel like the whole society has a consumerism. It, there's a consumerist culture, right? Oh, we yeah. keep buying and buying and buying, and companies keep profiting and profiting and profiting, and... I, I mean, I, I don't know. Cause no, that's that's very insightful. I, I um, yeah, that's that's really insightful, and I completely agree. <laughs> Claire, you wanna add on? I mean, I don't really have much to say. I agree with what you say, cause I mean, it, it it's very it's it like you said, it's a revelation to learn about these things. That so, what's considered normal in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. buy this because it's convenient but in reality it is you could say malicious <laughs> to an extent yeah. and also your point on healthcare um, how they're profiting being the middleman right I never actually thought of it that way and I was always like oh healthcare for all that seems like a very like a very good idea something that would help basically everyone but like you said, well, basically the point that you made was just that these healthcare companies are just going to make bucket loads off of these policies that enact healthcare for all. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I just yeah, I, it, oh. go ahead. No, I just realized like the word insurance, right? We get insurance on cars, houses, what else we, earthquake insurance, right? Yes. Like but disasters, those, those yeah. are not like people, right? Healthcare is inevitably linked to your 
Wait, it's human right, right? You can mm-hmm. destroy houses, you can, you know, destroy land, but destroying a person's health is is invalid value. <laughs> you can't put a dollar amount to it. So it is very concerning how they even label it as healthcare insurance. Like we're putting a a dollar amount to our own lives. There's a uh, uh I'm gonna try to remember the name of the movie. Uh, it's a Pixar film about superheroes. You, does anyone know the the name of it? A Pixar, Pixar film about superheroes. Uh, Incredibles. Sorry, oh. I remember now. Yes, so yes, yes. So in the Incredibles, the the big dad, right, the, mm-hmm. the Superman guy, um, before you know he was living a uh, sounds like a weird tangent, but uh, you know seriously, you go back to watch that movie. It it, it it's shocking that. So he w- was living a life of in, you know, being in incognito. So, so you know, superheroes, they got to have their secret identity. Mm-hmm. So he, for, for a time in the movie early on, he was a insurance claims agent. And he, you know, like it was, he was, he was working in like, like a darkened office, like in some unnamed, you know, place. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was on the phone with this lady. And the lady was like, oh, I need my insurance, I need my coverage, I need my claims. And he was just, you know, like, it was just, you know, for Mr. Incredible, he was just, it was so draining because he has to be like, oh, no, we can't provide that, we can't do that. And then, like, all of a sudden, he's like, okay, but but if I were, you know, but let me tell you this, though. And then he kind of gives her, like, a, a secret way to, to, to get that claims modified, mm-hmm. right? And... And then it goes, it goes through, and then his boss was like, you know, it's interesting that they always, you know, how, how does that happen, you know? And, 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 and he got, you know, uh, he got kind of scolded by his boss yep. uh, somehow for that. And guess what? That was a social commentary on the insurance company, especially healthcare. Uh, now, I, you know, in college, I studied um, economics, Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, uh, as well as uh, electrical engineering, which which served me well in my solar industry career. Uh, now, in economics, you know, there, you know, insurance actually, you know, it it serves a it, ser- it serves a purpose, right? My, you know, I own a house here in Irvine. I rely on home insurance. There, there were, uh, you know, I I think it made the news. Uh, there were Irvine uh, Irvine fires happening just five days ago and uh, i was very close to uh, being part of the mandatory evacuation zone Mm -hmm. so if if houses were burned uh and people lost their entire house and all their stuff well hopefully that's insurance would step in The, the, the the function of insurance is to mitigate the risk spread around and make sure that people don't lose, you know, same thing with your car, you know, mm-hmm. if you total your car, hopefully insurance will cover part of it. And, you know, you spread the risk around and, you know, people, but you can't, you can't do any, you can't do that with healthcare. You know, when you have insurance as, as healthcare, um, you know, everyone just gets sick eventually, you know, mm-hmm. so, so, so the concept of insurance is completely breaks down. That's why, uh, uh, name any country in Europe, they don't have that. They have government controlled, um, you know, uh, uh, healthcare, right? The NHS is the famous one in, in, in United Kingdom. And there was a, you know, if you want to spend two minutes Googling it, um, Bernie Sanders interviewed Dua Lipa, 
I want to say is is her name Dua Lipa. I've never said her name before. Um, the singer. But, yeah, the, yeah the, the the pop star artist. What's what's how do you say her name? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, I think Dua you said it right. Yeah, Dua Lipa. Um, and she's from the UK. And Bernie Sanders interviewed her, and and he asked her, uh, you know, in the UK, you go to the hospital and and you leave the hospital. What happens? And she says, nothing happens. You don't pay the bill. There's no bill. You just walk out of the hospital. And that is shocking to Americans because we've just for 40, 50, 60 years. And guess what? United Kingdom, they figured it out after World War Two. You know, they figured it out after they after after we after we fought the Nazis and we defeated Hitler um you know you know all these countries that fought them were like you know what let's have some health care to protect our citizens and to you know uh, provide a service and the only country that didn't do that was the united states and and the people in power somehow you know came up with this cockamamie you know insurance and then one thing led to another and now 80 years now you know 80 you know but, but but you know there there were some good things because you know Medicare was was put in and Social Security was put in, mm-hmm. um, but you know again you know long story short you know to, to <laughs> yeah I think you can tell I can talk for literally hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's there's uh, you know I think I counted it up I think there's four hours of me on YouTube being interviewed uh, by various things um, various podcasters and things like that. Um, but yeah, essentially, yeah, you know, health insurance just doesn't make sense. I studied it from from an economics perspective, mm-hmm. and we just have to end it and let's have Medicare for everyone, and it would be super easy and it would be super efficient. And guess what? We, we just pay for it, and you never have to worry about you know getting a big bill at the hospitals. You know, problem problem solved. I see. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I have a um, friend who came from Canada she, um, and she came to the United States for a summer and she was like, well, I really want to live here. Uh, we were in Boston. She's like, oh, I really like the atmosphere. I want to go to college here. She's like, but I really would miss my health care. <laughs> she's like, I, I don't know how you guys do it here. Because like she, like you said, right, she could just walk in and be like, hey, mm-hmm. and, you know, walk out. She doesn't wouldn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, it it really is insane for us because it's what we've been living. Yeah, and and everything that we're being told in the media by mm-hmm. these experts, and you know, they're all saying, "Oh, it's going to be too expensive. It's going to be too radical of a change, and it's this and this and this." Well, it's all BS. You know, I I almost swore there, but you know, <laughs> it's all B. It's all BS. And uh, you know, if if anyone's listening. You know, I, I seriously, I, I hope everyone, you know, just kind of looks at this issue a little bit more critically. Don't don't buy into that BS because all that BS is spewed by people who want to keep things the same. Because if you know, and 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 it's it's it makes a lot of sense. If I was CEO of Cigna and I am making twenty million dollars plus stock options every year on on my on on my company uh, g- uh, getting fifty billion dollars in profits to share to my billionaire investors, of course I will fight tooth and nail to keep that. Why would I change that? 
right? Mm-hmm. If, if I was, you know, if I was an evil, greedy person, well, uh, guess what? Uh, wake up, America! We have a hundred thousand Americans, by the latest ex- estimates given by Bernie Sanders, who I trust ex- completely. A hundred thousand Americans are underinsured, and they die. They don't. They don't. They don't just get sick. They die every year because they have to decide: Do I go bankrupt and saddle my family with a hundred thousand dollar bankruptcy bill from from medical payments, uh, or do I just die? You know, and a hundred thousand Americans end up dying because they don't have that that access to good quality healthcare. So. <laughs> do you? I mean, you talk a lot about how like um, we should think critically about all the things that you know, um, you know, the media, politicians, um, even authorities say to mm-hmm. us, right? As kids, right? I mean, like uh, for high, thinking back to your high school days and for high schoolers, what advice do you have for us to like be able to research things on our own and also learning like what's right? And what's, I guess, not as Well, it is very simple to me. Uh, uh, now in the year 2020, right? The, the entire world is in the palm of our hands when we hold a phone. Mm-hmm. We, there, there, there's so much information out there. And I know that because I am making, I, I'm a YouTuber. And I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm launching a business and, you know, there's all this stuff I don't know. Oh, how do I do my taxes? Oh, how do I uh, file for an LLC? Oh, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I guess what? I just punch it into YouTube and I get the answer right there. It, there's a hundred hours of hundred million hours. It, it, literally any topic you can think of, any question you can think of, it is all out there. The, the, the two most important things is one are you gonna are, you know are you gonna have the critical thinking and the critical analysis to discern between the good information and the bad information but two most importantly the most important thing that young young people or everyone anyone who is listening to this right now most important thing is do you do it do you care enough to to learn about the world, to to improve yourself, to educate yourself, or or you're gonna be stuck in the rut of watching TikTok videos for eight hours a day, or watching Friends for the eighteenth time, you know, or <laughs> or 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 watching football. You know, I love football. Uh, you know, but so there's all these decisions that we all make every day, all every second of our waking hours, we have all these decisions on what to do. Uh, I am encouraging people to spend some extra time and 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 look up the information, be critical thinkers, and don't be uh, 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 a zombie, mindless consumers of everything in the media. And I want to give a kudos to the two of you because uh, one thing that actually is revolutionizing um, uh, information. Uh, and the spread of information is it, you two, you, the two of you, what you're doing right now, uh, the, the, the spread of podcasters, the, the, the proliferation of on the ground reporting from independent 
reporters. Uh, so I'm going to bring up, you know, uh, the BLM movement. The, all the independent reporters who are going out there, right? Not, you know, they might not have a credential. They're just people who are activists and they they care. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Everyone is live streaming the the police brutalities, right? Everyone is reporting in real time, in in, in exactly the perspective of what is going on. Uh, not the views of what you see on CNN, not the views of what MSNBC or, uh, you know, ABC7 or your local news or Fox News or all these corporate-owned media. No, you have the information right there. You just, you know, and, and, and there's, you know, this is kind of, uh, I'm calling it the democratization of news, the democratization of news and information and you two are are part of this movement and i give kudos to you and i i i I urge you to continue doing this because not only is it a service um to the world but it really is this is part of something that is revolutionary because no longer can 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 this you know can corporations control the information and control the news and 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 don't get the truth out because you and me and and everyone who is listening we can be we can be all part of the solution now and it is revolutionary and it's never been done before and and this is the craziest time that in the history of the world Mm -hmm. this is the craziest time that we're living in because it's happening right now as we speak crazy right history in the making exactly it's (laughs) so weird to think about that maybe like uh what 40 years from now i don't know people will be studying this in textbooks who knows yeah (laughs) that'll be interesting to hear about i mean i mean my my mind is a little blown (laughs) because honestly honestly like 10 years ago but when i was in high school when Mm -hmm. i was at college at ucsd you know, I would just watch MSNBC and I watch CNN. Sometimes, if I really wanted to, uh, 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 you know, commit suicide, is I, I watch Fox News, um, <laughs> and 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 it would just be like, oh my God, this is you know, and, and I would get, but it's still brainwashing. It, I was still being brainwashed because they were feeding me the the same old crap. Oh, it's liberals and conservatives. Oh, it's Democrats and Republicans. No. You know what? I I I I am part of the Democratic Party. I I I. But the Democratic Party is just as corrupt because they are controlled by the same the same billionaires and corporations are are, are donating to both parties. Um, I'm gonna give a shout out to my brother Stephen. He he really opened my eyes um, ten years ago, and and. And he's been preaching this for the longest time. And really, you know, I've, I've been trying to, you know, as a Democrat, I was trying to, um, you know, say, oh, yeah, you know, John Kerry. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's cool. Oh, yeah, Al Gore. And, and yeah, oh, Joe Biden, you know. And, and you know, uh, who knows, right? Maybe there are amazing people out there, but I just don't see it. And twice now, Bernie Sanders um, has been foiled by the system uh but it doesn't matter because it spawned a political revolution there's aoc there's squad and there are thousands of burners like myself uh we are burnocrats we are committed to running for public office at every level of 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 political office Mm -hmm. you know mayor um city council 
the county seats, uh, state, you know, state senate, state legislature, um, you know, freaking school districts. You know, this is this is all happening all in real time, and there, you know, uh, again, I, I don't, I don't want to be too preachy, but this is my whole, the, the whole philosophy I'm doing is, hey. We, we we are changing the system and everyone who believed in Bernie Sanders now it's 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 he's passed on the baton and he's passed on the baton to me and I'm gonna continue running as much as I can to to fulfill this change that I want to bring to America and I don't I don't I don't you know my whole campaign it's no longer oh I you know I only care about Democrats. I only care about liberals. No, mm-hmm. I care about everyone because people who are supporting Trump, people who are GOP, people who are lib- libertarians, all that doesn't matter. We're all people first. We are all, you know, uh, mothers and fathers and sons and daughters. We are all someone's brother, sister, you know, good friend, neighbors, and we all share commonalities. And right mm-hmm. now, the commonality is. Billionaires and corporations are screwing 99, 99, 99, you know, basically all of us except the top 800 people that control 99% of the world. So there, there's really no, you know, it, it's really such a huge unity um, issue. And I've gotten conservatives to agree to free college, free community college um, for everyone. You know, they think, oh, yeah, you know, free, you know, free community college is a good idea here in Irvine, let's see how we can make that happen. You know, they, you know, when I, when I, when I talk about, you know, my policies, uh, the, you know, I, I break it down and I say, who's it going to help and how many people is it going to help? Mm-hmm. And when they, when, when they see that I'm breaking it down, you know, these, these very complex issues and I'm not an expert. I, I just read a lot and I make my own analysis, but again, you know, it, it, it makes sense to me and, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, and I know because I'm, I'm going to get a lot of votes, mm-hmm. um, you know, I hope it makes sense to a lot of people too. Uh, but essentially it's like, hey, these, these programs and these issues, well, let's break it down and let's just say, you know, who's it going to help mm-hmm. and how many people is it going to help? <laughs> yeah, because I think a lot of policies, especially like federal, I guess, mm-hmm. are very confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not many people know what they're talking about and sometimes it's intentionally confusing so then people mm-hmm. begin to agree with them but then you realize like halfway through it's like oh this isn't helping me it's helping someone else right so what you're doing like explaining these policies to other people i think that's a very good thing that you're doing because most people don't take their like take time out of their day to read about this to learn more about these kinds of policies and breaking them down into their own words or whatever so yeah yeah uh, i wanted to go back to what you said about um running at all different uh levels of government right and mm-hmm. i think in this election even um like within our our generation there's uh i, I could say a revival of um civil uh i guess Civic spirit, you could say, right? <laughs> people are, uh, I would say, people are more willing to vote. Um, but a lot of the focus is on the federal election, right? But I think people often, you know, don't put as much emphasis and education on state and local government politics. And 
I guess I I was hoping you could give a little insight on like why and why it is so why local politics is I guess one could even argue more important than federal politics for the individual. I I love to answer it and I'll break it down because I'm experiencing it now in my mayoral campaign. Uh, one. Uh, and, and, and that was a great question because it segues into exactly why I'm running. Uh, you know, everyone who's listening to this right now, uh, go on YouTube and punch in Irvine Mayor UCI students. Uh, and you're going to see a clip of Irvine Mayor. You don't even need to know her name, right? My, my opponent, the mayor of Irvine, you don't even need to know her name. Mm-hmm. The mayor you'll see the video. She's on the second floor of an apartment and then she's recording a video by one of her best friends and they're showing a group of students uh, out in her apartment complex with a lot with about seven, eight cars and there's about 15 students and there's a lot of yelling and a a lot of protest chants and within 45 seconds, the mayor of Irvine is telling these UCI students who, uh, you know, well, you don't need the context. You can, you can watch the video, but I'm going to break it down. The mayor of Irvine proceeds to tell these students to get out, you know, to, uh, to get out of her apartment, uh, to, to stop causing a, 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 uh, distraction, uh, causing all this disturbance for her neighbors. Uh, and she proceeds to tell them that, her generation never got free stuff and for them to stop being babies to get a job and go pay for rent like everyone else so you know if you can if you could not guess already the context is these uci students are making a ruckus for rent moratorium they just can't pay the rent this was this was the first week of june uh-huh. four months ago COVID year, 20% unemployment, these UCI students couldn't pay their rent and they're asking for help. And they decided to organize a small rally. And because the mayor of Irvine is not going to give a F about students, uh, cause why would they, why would any politician care about students? Right. Uh, I, I say that facetiously, but it's true. Um, and they, and they proceed to, you know, and the mayor is proud to tell these students to go F off. And I just was livid. I saw that video and I just saw that she's just a terrible, mean lady, uh, with no compassion. And she, she, she lost her soul, um, you know, probably a long time ago, but, you know, I saw that she just has no empathy, no compassion. And I, I, I immediately announced on Twitter and I announced on, you know, I I sprung my campaign and I said, I'm running for mayor to get this mayor the F out. But, you know, but then I I realized, you know, this is just, this is just a small piece of it. She's, she's, Mm -hmm. she's, you know, she's a nobody, but there's so many people like that who are in, in, you know, and that's one perfect example. Uh, you know, if I were mayor, I would be like, hey, let's find out a program to help UCI students. Let's mm-hmm. figure out a program to do this and do that. And guess what? People who are, let's say, not of our 
age or not of our philosophy or not, you know, those are, you know, let's say they're uh, basically anyone who's over 45. Let's let me throw out an arbitrary age number. Um, if you look at people who are over 45, uh, the vast majority of them vote. And if you look at millennials and, and Gen Z, uh, you know, almost never do we vote. Uh, and that's in every, you know, in every decade of history, uh, in, in U.S. history, you know, yeah. 18 to 42 year olds just do not vote every decade, every generation, every election cycle. And guess what? It's, it's that it's designed that way. It's designed that we don't vote and, and, and it's designed that the 50 year olds and 60 year olds keep voting for the same old crappy politicians because nothing changes well let's start changing it you know let's start you know and and voting is just one tiny little thing uh that that you know those 15 kids that decided to protest the mayor's thing oh my gosh that is amazing example of civic duty because they caused the ruckus and they got me involved and now guess what, I'm talking to the two of you. And guess what I am, I am, we are having a discussion with all your audience and everyone who's listening right now. And this is how ideas spread. And this is how we get people to start thinking critically. And this is how we get real change to happen. And guess what, every city in every part of America has crappy people who are in office, because because that's it's designed that way. So let's end it. Let's just let's do everything we can. If you think it's important, you know, and, and there's a lot of people who just don't give a F, you know, people just don't care. And they just go about their day. And, you know, maybe they're good people, you know, a lot of my friends and some of my family, you know, they're good people. They just, they're, you know, they're, they're overworked. They're, they're tired. They're taking care of kids. They're taking care of family. They just don't have time or the care or the energy or, or all that. And again, that is all designed by it. But, 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 you know, I can say, because I'm having a, such a great conversation, the three of us, we're activists, we're part of, we want to be part of the solution. And that's what I'm encouraging everyone who's listening is, let's be part of the solution. We don't have to be passive bystanders. We don't have to be mindless consumers of the same old crap over and over and over again. We can be activists, we can be part of the solution. And there's so many, there's literally million ways we can, we can fix, start solving the problems of the world, but are we actually going to do it? That's, that's a question that everyone has to uh, decide. And I, I think I feel pretty good that most people who are listening to me right now are going to be like, oh yeah, you know, I, yeah, we should. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for. That was a wonderful speech. Um, I yeah, I call it a speech. I think it's you know a rallying cry for. I mean, for us, we can't vote yet because we're not old. We're not old, <laughs> we're not old enough <laughs> yet. But um, I mean, I think for a lot of kids out there that are still can't vote, I think there's a lot that we can do. I mean, I like you said, right? You can start sharing information, having these discussions. Um, you could volunteer at polling places. I'm volunteering November 3rd. I'm missing school. <laughs> um, but I think, do you have any other advice for high school students to learn how to get involved? Um, yes. 
I I came up with this idea just a month ago when I was uh, at a H Mart, a Korean, a Korean grocery store, and a, a couple of high school students were asking me, you know, because I approached them and I told them I was running for mayor, uh, and they were like, oh, how, you know, how did you get into UCSD? Give me some tips. Guess what? There are so many things that a 16, 17-year-old or t- a 12-year-old can do. Do you know you right now can start a nonprofit right now and 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 within three days you will have that nonprofit officially registered with the state of california and you would now be the chief executive founder of any nonprofit that you like i can tell you with 85 percent certainty a number i've just made up i can i can tell you i can assure you you know, name any top college in, in, in the United States. And I don't care what nonprofit you care about, you know, you want to do. Let's, let's, let's do something silly. Let's say um, you, you, your nonprofit is uh, bringing free TikTok to um, lazy gamers, right? Something completely silly. You know, let's, 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 let's start a nonprofit right now to get more gamers into TikTok videos. Well, it's the craziest thing, but again, that's just, that's just, you know, I'm just throwing it out as a mind exercise. But the fact that you started a nonprofit at the age of 16, 17, 18, guess what? You just tripled your chances of getting into any college that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's just one example of how, it, you know, anyone at any age there, you know, people are doing TikTok videos and trying to get things, you know, promote, you know, social justice reform. You know, people are doing YouTube videos. People mm-hmm. are out, you know, rallying and protesting. I mean, there's, uh, you know, it's endless. There's there's just endless possibilities, and you don't, you know, you know, age has nothing to do with it. It's, you know, are you inspired to do something? And 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 are you empowered to do it? Mm-hmm. And are you gonna find similar allies and activists right so anyone who's listening to me right now you know i'm 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 a nobody really you know i'm just one guy with a lot of ideas that i've been collating the last you know 34 years reach out to me email me you know find my information online you know just google my name you know irvine mayor i'm i'm the only lewis wong like i guarantee you uh and reach out to me and i can re- we can brainstorm some ideas and if i can't brainstorm any ideas i'll bring in my friends and i'll bring in my other allies we can you know again it's do 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 each and every one of us have that potential and that decision it's do you want to be part of the solution or do you want to just keep the status quo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that a lot of my friends, uh, a good amount of my friends also try to get involved in community service because usually as a, even when you're really young, people usually get started with community service. Like what you said, helping out at a food bank um, or, you know. Uh, volunteering at a hospital. Yeah, volunteering at a hospital. And many, uh, a, like a few friends of ours have started nonprofits, like for um, uh, menstruation, like uh, f- uh, free the flow. I don't remember. It's about period poverty. Yeah, yeah. period po- poverty. Others are, I can't remember, like education and whatnot. Cool. And you know, it is inspiring 
though, because you hear a lot of these people, and but at the same time, I think from my perspective of seeing all of these nonprofits, I don't, I don't think it's so necessary to do so to start one just to get involved. I feel like as long as you do your part to help, like if you're truly passionate about yeah. that subject and you want to make a change, then I think that's a very good. Maybe first step. What are the first steps you can make towards your, I guess, your path to change, right? And well, yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, you. Uh, no, it's okay. I, I was gonna ask my next question, but if you want to elaborate. No, it's just you know I, I'm gonna say the same thing. It's people, you know, people have. Again, it goes back to decision making, and it goes back to are people gonna do something about it, and that's why that's why I'm I'm calling it just activism, you know. And to me, I've always been an activist without me actually knowing about it because, you know, I've 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 made a lot of unfortunately I've I've made a lot of enemies uh, who used to be my friends because I was very blunt when they made a post that I did not like. I, you know, I would respond, and they would get offended, and they, you know, and and we would break, you know, we would kind of lose our friendship a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and you know that's me learning part of the process, and you know I guess, I guess that's actually you know I I do want to say that actually you know I I'm I'm an activist without knowing about it and for the longest time you know i was just kind of being a jerk because i was just being very blunt about their views and i thought it was wrong and when i said it it had a negative consequence that i never wanted so i've stopped i've 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 been you know luckily i've reframed it you know i engage with them and I'm able to find ways to channel my activism, but that's that's actually a part of that's that's part of being an activist. If someone is a bully at school, and you speak out against that bully, or you speak out against that bullying, that is activism. If someone says something online that is, you know, let's say racist or or homophobic or you know something negative, and you speak up, that's being an activist, and that's being part of the solution. Now, unfortunately, I know, like we all know, actually, the majority of people in the world are going to be non-activists. They're going to be the status quo people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just going to let that comment slide or, you know, people are going to say gay slurs and, and be bullies or anything negative you can think of. And, you know, it happens. Well, I'm going to I'm going to say something that, you know, I'm going to butcher a quote from Martin Luther King. Uh, MLK said, uh-huh. In a speech, um, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere, mm-hmm. and that's been a philosophy that I've totally agreed with. And it's not it it just it, name any injustice in the world. Obviously, you can name racial and economic um, injustice, but you can name any injustice in the world. And if you if you if each of us right you know the three of us if we let that stand, well. Then that's that's gonna keep propagating and it's gonna keep percolating. So um, again, you know, I, I encourage people to be empowered and to be boldened, um, to 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 be an activist, to be part of the solution. 
Wow, I, I, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to go into that, but you know, no, it I mean, actually led to it. Yeah, I, for me personally, I've had previous former friends who I'm not yeah. friends with anymore because of yeah. those specific reasons. And mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, being an activist, right, includes engaging with them, right? But I think for me, I, there's a point where I, they can't seem to especially okay <laughs> going back to like i hear a phrase a lot oh you can have different politics or uh, political views but still be friends but i think i mean i've heard too that it, it's too construed right people count human rights as politics sometimes and i think that isn't right exactly so i mean wh- like where do you draw the line between engaging with someone versus like believing that they're morally incorrect incorrect right they don't view some humans as humans or yeah and so <laughs> the more of the moral sense right like how, how do you draw the line between the two I, i'm happy to answer you but i'd like to hear both of your response how would you answer your own question uh, for me i think if they have different moral values than me that can't be that result in um like i guess the invalidation of some people then based on like things they cannot control right Mm -hmm. then i would not want to be friends with them because i I think that is not someone i want to surround myself with can you elaborate or give a more concrete example um well one was i previously had a friend who i learned was heavily homophobic Mm. um and i like sometimes i do post on my social media about some things like um i remember it was a specific it was a chick-fil-a band right oh Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and um this person posted back saying like oh really and at first, I didn't know what she meant, right? I thought she was like, oh, I didn't know about this. Turns out, it was not. <laughs> and People love that anti-gay chicken. <laughs> yeah, and after that, then I noticed that she had strong beliefs, strong homophobic beliefs. And, um, I mean, I don't really talk to her And because I, I mean, for me, I feel like I don't really know how to engage someone into changing their morals because I think that's such a ingrained value. I it's mean, like heavily. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to. I'm not saying it's impossible, right? But I, I think in the previous conversations with her, I didn't think I could, and I didn't. I tried, but I mean. It Especially if they work. don't like want to listen, yeah. Or if they completely just disagree, then I that's that, that's where I stand on this issue. I think as of now, yeah. Claire, you wanna? Okay, <laughs> I've never own. exactly had to cut anyone out. Um, for I guess their moral beliefs that differed from mine. Um, 
I mean, I've known people that have, but they've also changed, which is a good thing. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think I stand with CC. If someone just doesn't view someone as, like, a valid human being, for example, like, homophobia or, I guess, if they value people at, like, different types of levels, like, oh, you're not as, I guess, um, this, not deceiving, um, well, what's the word? Are you, like, their actions are not, um, like, exactly. Deserving. If you're not deserving. as deserving as, like, someone else, you know, like, of, like, the same rights and whatnot, then if they believe that different people, um, <laughs> what do you, I, don't I don't know what you're trying to say, Claire. Sorry. I'm gonna cut Let that out. think that out. Yeah, sorry, I'm gonna think about that for a second. I mean, I also want to include, like, with their actions, right? Sometimes people um, act a certain way that, you know, they may not know about uh, in a way that is offensive and um, they don't know or either they don't, um, or they allow it, right? Like what you said, um, they're fine with the status quo, but... Um, it's kind of that I think in that part then you can really engage with them right you can educate them on like you know what like why the status quo is not not correct or like (laughs) we should not act this way even because a lot of us the way we act the way we think is influenced by everyone else around us by our environment Mm -hmm. by the people we hang out with even our own parents and sometimes those beliefs those actions just are not ideal I guess that's one way to put it. Or, like, just really shouldn't happen. But I think that's where you can engage with them. If we can acknowledge that these behaviors are not correct and should be changed, and that they're willing to, if these people are willing to listen and change, then I think there's like potential for them to really change their ways. Right? But the whole thing about, like, the moral standpoint, I feel like that's so, like Stacey said, so ingrained in their system and then their mindset already that uh, it may be difficult to do anything about that. What do you, you think, Louis? I don't know, because, I mean, that, that's how I see it right now, but... Yeah, me too. I mean, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear your perspective. You know what? It's great. Because I purposely flipped the table back on you because you have basically just answered my you know, your answer is pretty much you know obviously not not verbatim but it pretty much just matches my my own answer because uh-huh. I've gone through these experiences more times than I can count mm-hmm. so you know uh, I. What I can do is I can shed a little bit of, because I, I've lived it and I've experienced mm-hmm. it, I can shed a little bit of wisdom and hopefully kind of, you know, shortcut your way um, and, and anyone who, you know, and this is such a complex issue, you know, there's whole fields of psychology that deals with this, um, you know, and there's all these books about dealing with difficult people and, you know, and, and that's more of a, you know, and once you get into professional workspace, you know, you gotta, you know, everyone has a different background and everyone has a different you know um and you just gotta find your way to deal with it i what i can shed my light on is one 
is you've already, uh, you know, and I, I don't remember who said it, um, you know, if it was CC or Claire, um, it, have a baseline, you know, mm-hmm. n- know very clearly what your baseline is. And, and, and if, if someone hit your baseline and you're like, you know, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm going <laughs> to do something about it. Uh, I, first of all, I urge everyone to take five seconds and, and take a deep breath. <laughs> and collect yourself because <laughs> usually that's when you know our emotions take over. Of course. Um, and on t- you know, and then a corollary to to this to this step one is, um, I encourage everyone to take to view it from instead of attacking someone for it or denigrating someone for it or negatively, personally attacking someone's character and their their core and their nature um try to find a positive approach to it okay. uh and find try to find commonalities you know uh ed, you know uh, either educate them or share with them or you know uh, like if uh, homophobia, homophobia is one good example you know take, you know ask if they would join you in watching a movie that deals with you know, LGBT issues, uh-huh. right? You know, name any, right? Uh, na- you know, encourage them to 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 see the other side. Encourage them to to take positive steps to get out of this, you know, thing. Uh, you know, get, get out of the, you know, what most people now, you know, like it's to be homophobic is such a minority. You know, it's like it's like being racist in the eighties, right, or the seventies. Um, you know, there, there, for, for this one issue, you know, it's, 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 you know, it, it's, it's going to be a continual evolution. It's going to be, um, constantly improving. I don't see the world regressing back to, you know, um, anti-marriage, you know, anti-gay marriages or, or regressing to the point of, you know, LGBT being killed for who they love. So, so have hope that, you know, things are going to continue to, to progress. Um, but also just have come, you know, have, have some commonalities and also, uh, be a little empathetic mm-hmm. because I know a lot of conservative Christians, you know, is, is the one big group that comes to mind, but also Buddhists and, and, and older generations that just think, you know, being homosexual is, is wrong. Um, and to the point where they think there were, you know, there's eternal damnation. Uh, and that, and they truly believe it because that is their faith and that's their core value. Um, it's very sensitive when you attack someone for their core values. Um, you know, my, my bit of advice again on, on this very specific issue, but we can elaborate to other issues is try not to attack them personally and, and just acknowledge, Hey, um, you know, I, I, I think that comment was very homophobic and I personally am very offended by it. So and so, right? Uh-huh. Um, to 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 your uh, to whoever may be homophobic. Uh, you know, having that baseline, but then also encouraging them to be like, well, you know yes, you you might think that, you know, uh, someone, you know, a, a woman who loves a woman will be eternally in damnation. Uh, you know, let them know, hey, do you, do you think they should have a normal life 
while they are still on you know God's green earth. <laughs> you know, just just kind of you know ha- have a different approach to it, have a different spin. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, if, if that's the way they are, then uh, my my last bit of advice is cut out negative people. There are just negative people in the world with negative energy and negative aura. And if you if you get even close to people with that negative energy and negative aura, you're just you're just gonna pull yourself into that dark energy. Yeah. And 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 I I urge you know and I already know talking to you, CC and Claire, um you know we, we are positive people. We all have our positive auras, and we are all for positive change. So keep at it and 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 tr- you know really. You know, ultimately, you know what? My my short answer is just just be you. <laughs> just be you. <laughs> I feel like that phrase. Uh, I I'm so, always so confused by that phrase because no, we're still growing, and like I don't know who I am yet, <laughs> or I'm not. No, tr- no, trust. You know, really, like my biggest advice to a- anyone, not regardless mm-hmm. of age, it's always trust your gut. Right, uh, yeah. you know, listen and learn. You know, like listen to your parents, listen to your friends, li- listen to your friends and family. But ultimately, trust you, trust your own judgment, because that is that's the best source of, you know, uh, that is that should be where the, the solution is. Mm-hmm. Is you trust in your own gut and you trust in your own solution, because there's no one else. There's no one else that has lived your experience and knows every little detail, you know. So, so ultimately, be be brave and trust your own gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, you know, like personal uh, insight. <laughs> no problem. I, mean, I I I really learned a lot from this conversation. Me too. I think I hope. Wow. Hopefully, when our to you listeners out there, I hope you have learned a lot from this conversation. Um, is there any, I mean, Claire, is there anything you would like to, any more questions you'd like to ask? Or, um, not that I can think of. Louis, do you think you want anything, do you want to elaborate on anything that we've talked about? My last comment mm-hmm. is uh, I have enjoyed this conversation <laughs> thoroughly. Uh, my my campaign has th- took me into some dark corners, uh, and this has actually been the most. This has he, but this is uh, without understating this or misstating this or 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 being hyperbolic. This is the most enjoyable conversation. This is you know this. I think we've been on the phone for an hour now. Yeah. <laughs> the most fun that I've had since I launched my campaign. Uh, and I love it. And I would, uh, you know, if you ask me, I would, I would jump on the next podcast and we can just have another chat or we could, we could do this monthly, you know, I mean, Ooh. this is, this has been a pleasure and, and I really, uh, love to, uh, thank the both of you that you, you two are amazing. Thank you. We'd like <laughs> thank to thank you, you too for coming on. Yeah, here. we'd love to have you back on again. Yeah, we can just have another chat, talk about a different topic, or the same one, even. Done. Yeah, we can talk about sports or friends <laughs> episodes that we love or. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Claire. Yes. Claire. <laughs> we should we should talk about our favorite uh, last avatar. <laughs> Claire <laughs> here is a huge Friends fan. She <laughs> is obsessed with yeah. that show. I don't know. I mean. 
Oh, I just watched a TV show many times. So my yeah. mom actually, um, when she came to the U.S., a big part of her learning English was actually watching Friends because their um, I think it their their facial expressions are easy to give off. Oh yeah, are right. Yeah. Very expressive, right? So you can easily connect them to the words that they're saying or the, you know. So I don't know why I shared that. Oh my gosh, I I feel like that's that's. I mean, I mean, it's good that they learned English that way, but gosh, that's a terrible way to represent America. <laughs> <laughs> For real, though, there's just so much going on in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, thank you so much for coming on here. We really, well, I really enjoyed this conversation. Ple- pleasure, the pleasure has really <laughs> been mine. Seriously, sincerely, pleasure has been. I was just gonna say before we mm-hmm. kind of wrap this up. We wanted to ask you one last question, which is, what would your perfect Sunday look like? Oh yes, our Sunday related question. Um, talking to the two of you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> I, you. I, I, I don't, I don't know how to answer that because oh. I, I, I have so many interests and I have so many. Um, I'm just gonna say, uh, you know what, sur- uh, uh, being surrounded by loved ones. Is my is my answer of being surrounded mm-hmm. by loved ones? Of course, that's a good response. Yeah. Um, also, if you want to, um, but if you want to add in your social media or other links, I mean, we can put them up for you too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, the most important thing uh, with regards to if anyone wants to get a hold of me or mm-hmm. or check me out, mm-hmm. it's just spell my name right. U I S. <laughs> and my last name is H U A N G. I you uh, Google me, YouTube me. I I, I come up. Uh, my YouTube videos is Fat Cat Productions. Um, I am shocked of how much of my life is out there. So if you if you spell <laughs> my name right into Google, uh, you will find everything about me. LinkedIn, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram. I I'm such a. It's so weird. I'm I'm such a public figure now that that after I run for mayor, but. I, 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 you know, I'm also doing YouTube yeah. videos and uh, I'm putting myself out there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of, it's, it's so weird, but, um, I guess it's kind of a, you know, a mixed bag, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cherish it. So yeah, spell my name, right? Nope. <laughs> You'll find everything you want to know. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, thank you so much for coming on. So, um, to everyone listening, thank you. For tuning in and we hope you have a good Sunday.